Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today. Her name is Ellie Sheffy, and she's president of C- and CEO of Made to Change the World, Inc. She's an attorney, an entrepreneur, a speaker, a strategist, a teacher, a trainer, a coach, a mentor, and an award-winning author who is regularly featured in publications and on podcasts and television shows. Well, that's how most people interview her and introduce her because she truly is a superstar. But you know, while she's all those things, she wasn't always that way. She's also an abuse survivor, a rape survivor, a domestic violence survivor. She's lived in her car and eaten the food from restaurants that were throwing them out at the end of the night. She's a cancer survivor and a medical miracle who has spent the last two decades defying doctors' death deadlines. Welcome, Ellie Sheffy. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm going to take you back to when you weren't such a superstar right now. Let's go back to maybe when you were living in your car and when you were eating the garbage that was being thrown out from restaurants at the end of the day. How long ago was that? That was in the late 90s. In the late 90s. What turn of events got you into that situation? Well, uh, I had left my first year of college uh, because I absolutely uh, hated the university that I was attending. And I had had several uh, unfortunate events occur over the course of that year that I had brought to the administration's um, awareness and they were unwilling to do anything about it. And when you're at a school that clearly does not value you and it has a hefty price tag, uh, you leave. (laughs) I didn't want to give them any more money. Uh, But the downside to that was now I was no longer in school and I didn't have a job and I didn't have any money. And so I answered the ad for a management training center. And I worked my way up uh, from a manager trainee up into a regional manager. And they sent me uh, around the country to open up different offices. And they had sent me to Texas to partner with the regional manager that was already in Texas that had control over that area. And pretty quickly after going there, I realized that her values and my values did not align. And so I chose to stand in my ethics, to stand in my integrity, and not to partner with her. Well, that meant that now I'm in a strange state where I don't know anyone. And the job that I was supposed to do I was now not willing to do. 
because I wasn't willing to, to compromise my ethics and my integrity. And I couldn't open up a competing management training center because she ran the territory. And what was I to do? I had no money, no job, no friends. I had spent every ounce of money I had saved to relocate myself and then left the company before they reimbursed me <laughs> for my moving expenses. Oh my goodness. So, so, so you, you were in a pickle. You were in a pickle. What I happened was in a pickle. Um, thankfully, I had my trusty Toyota Tercel hatchback, my little itty bitty two door car, and that became my home on wheels. Uh, and then, you know, had to get creative and, and start from scratch. Yes. And, and you did start your scratch. What happened next? What was your next adventure after that? So my next adventure was I thought, well, if I can't directly compete by opening a management training center, I went back to all the roots of what do I know? What can I do? What can I monetize? What skills do I have? And how can I harness all of that? with my resourcefulness, with my resiliency, and figure out a solution. And so I opened a sales office and a receptionist training office instead of a management training office. And I learned that, uh, so I, I did that by parking my car in the parking lots of places like Motel 6 or Red Roof Inn or Super 8, um, motels of that nature where there's a lot of people coming and going and it's well lit and it's safe, but it's not so upscale or so stringent that security is going to notice or run you off. Uh, also that had 24 hour lobbies that had, you know, wrapped donut sticks <laughs> uh, for breakfast and, and really bad coffee for breakfast that then kept some apples in the lobby that had the newspaper, the daily paper in the lobby. And so I would move from parking lot to parking lot, from motel to motel, but I was able to eat the wrapped donut stick for breakfast, have some <laughs> terrible coffee and look through the classifieds of the newspapers. And what I noticed is there were a lot of companies that needed receptionists. There were a lot of companies that needed sales forces. And so I started to take note of the different companies. What were the requirements they were looking for? What was their phone number? And then I started to call these companies that had the ads for uh, receptionists and for salespeople. And I brokered a deal with them. I said, what if I could do the recruiting, the interviewing, and the training of these sales teams and of these receptionists, and then give you a ready-made salesperson or a ready-made receptionist. And then you essentially give me a recruiting fee, a training fee, a finder's fee. And that is, in fact, what I started to do. And it cost me nothing. You know, I would just go to pay phones for, for a little while. Um, and then I found a really, really tiny 80 square foot one room office in one of those executive uh, office suite buildings. And I negotiated two months free rent. I negotiated a free phone with a phone, a dedicated phone line. And that became my recruiting center, my interview center, and my training center. 
it then also became my home where I would just sleep curled up under my desk at the end of, of each night. And I just made sure that I would be out of the building when the cleaning crew was coming by um, because obviously <laughs> you weren't supposed to be sleeping in the office. But slowly by slowly, uh, that's how I built up and uh, ultimately built up to where I needed more space. So I renegotiated two more months for a rent, um, more than one phone line. So I could have one dedicated phone. Like this was back in the day when your phone had the different buttons for the yes. different <laughs> and, uh, and I would have one line dedicated to people answering the receptionist ad, one line dedicated to people uh, answering the Salesforce ad. And ultimately, I built up to a larger office that actually had a training room and built up the company enough to where that could pay for me to go back to school. So then you were a successful business person, but you weren't happy yet. So you wanted to go back to school then? Well, I have always wanted to be an attorney. It's all I've ever wanted to do. If you would have asked me when I was two or three or four what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. So for me, it was never a matter of was I going to go to law school? Was I going to become an attorney? It was just, you know, <laughs> I ran into some financial issues, not being able to uh, continue in school, uh, especially once I left the first institution, then I was starting over and needed, needed finances to be able to pay for school. Obviously, you can't go on to law school till you finish your undergraduate degree. So it was a lot of twists and turns to ultimately get me uh, to law school, which then set me on the path. Uh, which never stopped including entrepreneurship. Now I've got over 30 years in entrepreneurship, over 35 years in education, and 20 years in law. So, so they were all intertwined for you. Tell us with your bout with cancer, what happened there? So I've been a medical miracle since 1998, and I've been defying the doctor's death deadlines since 2000. So the first time I heard you'll be dead by... I heard you'll be dead by Christmas of 2000. And you touched on it a little bit earlier that I'm an abuse survivor, rape survivor, and domestic violence survivor who's actually lived in hiding under a fake name. So when you live in a lifetime of truly extreme trauma, there's a lot of health consequences to that. And so in 1998, my organs started to shut down. My system started to shut down. Uh, that led to several masses growing, which then led to continued health issues. Um, so navigating all of that uh, through 13 major surgeries, through all of the 20 years of repeated hospitalizations and defying the doctor's death deadlines. In 2019, I heard the words that no one wants to hear. And after fighting for 21 years already, I heard, I'm sorry, Ellie, but it's cancer. And I had uter uterine cancer. And so 2019 for me looked like surgeries in January, March, and May, and then uh, the remainder of the year healing. But what that did for me is hearing the words, I'm sorry, Ellie, but it's cancer 
stopped me in my tracks. And while I have always lived a life of service, always lived a life of impact, I've been a, a speaker and a crusader for other people, for civil rights, for human rights, literally since I was 10 years old. It's just how I am wired. I've always been content to do it behind the scenes. I've been a strategist for companies. I've built nonprofits for other people. I have spoken quietly at other events. Um, I have been the donor who was happy to write the checks, but always behind the scenes. And in 2019, that diagnosis, I said no more. I will never again play small. I will never again stay behind the scenes because I was put on this earth to change lives, to help people, to help people find their voice and stand in their power and decide for themselves who they are and what they stand for and what they want their life to be, to help people align with their inner purpose and then show up fully in the world as their true, authentic, aligned selves so that they can live a life that's free by design, so that they can live a life of service and impact, so that they can show up for themselves and show up for their families and show up for their communities and show up for the world at large. I was, I was put on this earth to help people every step of the way. And so when I got that diagnosis, I knew it was time to step out from the shadows step into my full calling as the true full embodiment of me and to go out into the world forward facing and step into my purpose and do what I was put on this earth to do. And one of the things you are doing now is you have a wonderful seminar called You Are Not Your Scars. And you are really bringing that forward. So let's spend some minutes talking about that because I think that's a very important part of what you currently do. Absolutely. So I have, I have two tandem programs that, that work um, as companion pieces. I have Free by Design, which helps you to create life on your own terms, a life that is free by design, so that you can uh, really create a life that you love and then live it now. And then for those of us who are trauma survivors, for those women who are tired of feeling unseen and unheard and unvalued, who have all that chatter about being unworthy and unlovable, not good enough, all that, then I work with those women in You Are Not Your Stars. Because I know with everything that I've gone through, abuse, rape, domestic violence, homelessness, 13 major surgeries, cancer, you name it, I've walked through it. And I know that I am not my scars. I'm not my mental scars, my emotional scars, my physical scars. I know that I am not defined by any of those things. And I'm not confined by any of those things. They don't imprison me, they empower me. And so You Are Not Your Scars is a program for women to shed all of that external and to really align 
to see each other. It's a, it's a global community of women. It's, it's magic where we see each other. We hear each other. We celebrate each other. We support each other. We lift each other up in the good times and the bad. And it, again, it's really just all about shedding that external and coming home to who you are, free of all of the, the things that have happened to you, the events, the circumstances, or the labels in your life. And, and I think you are the embodiment of something that I say all the time. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And I, I think that's really what needs to be said over and over again. When little things come in the way or big things come in the way, those are opportunities for you to be, define yourself better and move forward. They are opportunities for people really to become a bigger part of life, not a smaller part of life. And, you know, we don't know our successes unless we see our failures along the way, unless we see those things that have helped us or hurt us. You know, should we say thank you for some of these things? I hope for not. everything. I say thank you for everything. And for me, some of the foundational, absolutely critical parts to being able to free yourself of the external to be able to step into your full alignment and define for yourself who you are and what you stand for and what you want your life to be and then show up fully in the world. The, the fundamental aspects of creating a life that's free by design or of, of healing by design or knowing that you're not your scars are language, perspective, meaning, and gratitude. Four absolutely fundamental keys. So we are in each and every person, we are in control of the language that we use to describe an event or a circumstance or a feeling. We're in control of the meaning that we give to that event, that circumstance, that, that you know, whatever the case may be. We are in control of the language we use to describe it, the story we tell ourselves about it, the meaning we ascribe to it, the perspective that we hold from it. And no matter what's going on, we can live in gratitude. And when, when I'm working with clients and they say, oh yeah, it's easy for you to say, you do this, that, and the other, what do I have to be grateful for? I, I go back to the foundations. I go back to the basics. Be grateful for the heart that is beating you that you don't have to even think about. Be grateful for the lungs that are breathing you that you don't have to think about. Be grateful for the brain that is firing to tell your heart to beat and your lungs to expand and contract. Be grateful for the blood that flows through you that, that nourishes every cell in your body. Be grateful for the oxygen that flows through you. Be grateful that you have eyes to see or uh, hands to, to feel and touch and grab and eat, whatever the case may be. I don't care who you are. There is so much to be grateful for. And there's always somebody somewhere in the world that has it worse. And so for me, a foundational, uh, a pivotal moment in, in my life was the day that I actually gave up. I was in the hospitals. I'd been fighting for my life for a decade already. And as I laid in that hospital bed at Vanderbilt University, looking up at the sky, waiting for the porter to come get me for yet another excruciating test, I was done. I gave up. I looked up at the ceiling and I said, okay, God, you win. I'm done. You win. I don't have any fight left. 
just take me now. You win. And that day, the porter came to get me and he came to get me and he put me in the wheelchair and he took me down hallways that he had never taken me through before at Vandy. And the, the route he chose to take me that day was the route where everyone was on a ventilator because they were paralyzed from the neck down. And in that moment, as I looked into room after room after room of people paralyzed and on a ventilator, I got it. I said, oh my God, what any one of those people would give to feel the pain that I'm feeling right now, because they will never again feel pain in their hands and their feet and their legs and their body. What any one of those people would give to feel the pain that I was feeling coursing through my body. That's huge. That's huge. Gratitude. Gratitude. Two questions, Ellie. One is, how do you live a fantastic life? I live a fantastic life in every moment of every day um, because I'm in control of the story I tell myself and the language I use and the perspective I hold. So no matter what's going on, it's not like chaos doesn't ensue, but no matter what's going on, I live so fully aligned in my purpose, in my integrity, in my passion, that no matter what's going on, I come home to that purpose. I come home to the fact that I am living that full, true embodiment of myself. And I make it a fantastic life. I make it a fantastic day. I make it a, found, a fantastic hour. I make it a fantastic minute. Because what a gift that I'm in control of making every moment count. That's huge. Now. What advice do you give to others out there on how they should live a fantastic life? Watch the language you use. Choose empowering meanings no matter what's going on. Keep things in perspective <laughs> because a lot of times we can uh, make them out and out of a molehill. Keep things in perspective. It's all good. And uh, live in gratitude. Because no matter what you have, you have so much to be grateful for. And then keeping all of that in mind, remember, live a full, authentic, rich, aligned life of purpose, of service. And every day you remember that your message matters, your life matters, your purpose matters. You matter. And someone in the world is waiting for you to show up as you. So go out there and show up as the full, glorious, remarkable, divine, full expression of yourself, claiming that each and every moment is a fantastic life. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ellie Sheffy, a truly remarkable individual. Ellie, if people would like to get in touch with you, how can they do so? Reach out to me on social media. It's Ellie Sheffy on all the channels. So you can find me on social media. You can also reach out to me on my website if you'd like to uh, connect, send me an email, book a call. I love meeting new people. So my website is ellysheffy.com. Okay, wonderful there. Thank you for spending the time for us today. 
thank you for doing this. I look forward to working with you in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Make it a fantastic day. You too. Bye for now. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Thank you.